Hey everybody, I am Adam Harris, sitting here with Ken Miller, and welcome to Beers, Bourbon, Business, and Broskies. We are two friends that have been known each other for what, 10, 15 years, hands down? Yeah, a little too long. So we decided that we were going to do a podcast. My reasoning for that was I'm a big proponent of podcasts. I'm sitting in my office all day, and instead of listening to music or the drowning noise of the air conditioner behind me, I want to listen to something insightful, educational, that might be able to help me throughout my day-to-day life and management things. A little bit of background about me. I am the director of operations for a fairly sizable masonry contracting company, construction, brick block, stuff like that. So I oversee probably about 150, 200 people or anything like that. So this entire thing, I'm gonna be bringing you the management style of this whole thing. And then I'm gonna throw it to Ken for kind of the sales aspect of it. So Ken, a little bit of background about yourself. Yeah, so I've been in sales for about seven years, worked for the same company for five years, pretty large company, publicly traded, won a few awards for those guys, Uh, just won salesman of the year 2018. I've had triple-digit growth since I started. Uh, have a double-digit growth so far again this year, so it's looking like it's going to be a good year. Hopefully, another triple-digit growth again. I wanted to start the podcast just for some lighthearted fun. Uh, at the minimum, I'll learn a little bit. Hopefully, you guys learn a bit, little bit from our fuck-ups, our successes, and hopefully, bring you guys some uh, some good stories and some good fun. I listen to a lot of podcasts on the road. I travel a lot, so at the bare minimum, I'm trying to keep you guys from uh, veering off the road and, or. Uh, or, or thinking about killing yourself on the way to the next meeting. So hopefully you guys have some fun and learn a little bit. Yeah, like Ken said, we're going to do our best to kind of entertain you guys along with giving you a little bit of insight. You know, everybody's got to – we're trying to give you guys the best educational thing we can while also making you guys enjoy it. Um, like Ken said, as you guys heard in the title, our thing is beers, bourbon, business, and broskies. We're both quite the connoisseur of beer and I would say, what, overall alcohol? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, if it's wet, we'll drink it, as long as you get you fucked up. Pretty, essentially, essentially. uh, We've tried to at least get to the point where we're going to start drinking good alcohol, and we're not back to drinking Vladimir and Walmart brand fruit punch. So, um, right now, we're actually going to toast this whole thing off with, what are we drinking, Ken? A little bit of a 10-year whistle pig, 100 proof, some rye whiskey, so we'll get a little cheers, and hopefully kick you guys off with a good podcast. Yeah, and... You know, I was a little hesitant about this because I'm not a big fan of the rye whiskey, but Ken gave me a tumbler of this, and I have to say, it's delicious, and I feel like it could be a little bit dangerous. Yeah, don't be offensive with the word tumbler. It's a Yeti Rambler, so uh, don't get that twisted. But we're going to talk about uh, kind of the difference between micro and macro management, and we'll probably get into uh, a few different a few different details through there that we'll cover in later podcasts, like Power Questions, Jahari's Window, whatnot. But we'll cover that later, and we'll just kind of give you guys a 10,000-foot view, overview of all business, sales, and just kind of kick it off very broad, this podcast, and we'll dive deeper into other things in later podcasts. Yeah, so you're going to hear Ken's opinion on stuff, my opinion on stuff, and we're going to throw it back and forth because he's in the perspective of he sees it from the other end of the management style where people are here kind of telling him what they expect from it and everything like that. And I'm going to give you the perspective of the management where why the things that might seem monotonous and all that stuff like that are actually necessary. So like Ken said, this episode... Yeah, I'm the guy that makes the money, and he's one of the dickheads that tell you how to make the money and how he wants the dollars made, but we all know who the real heroes are here. (laughs) Yeah, there may be or maybe not times where I'm sitting up there with my feet on the desk, you know, making phone calls going, you need to hurry up so I can enjoy my luck, you know, the lifestyle. golf time. Country Club, yeah. They're, they're, I may or may not be a member of that. So 
it happens. So no, like he said, we're gonna talk about micro and macro. I can't say that I vary one way or the other. I think it kind of depends on the kind of group of people you have. And sometimes micro is the best way to manage people. And sometimes macro is. I think it just kind of, you gotta get a feel for the people you're managing and also the situation. I'm sure Ken could tell you that since he's sales and he's dealing with people calling him all the time, he probably varies to one way or the other. Yeah, I think I speak for all salespeople when I say I hate micromanaging. So it's one thing to throw out a report, whether it's on Salesforce, whatever. You gotta log some calls, say what you did that day. But those useless reports that we all do and we all get, I know we all fucking hate those things. So we'll go back and forth kind of uh, why we think we need the, the shackles off a little bit to make the manager some money, and he'll tell us why we need those shackles. See, you know, and see, that's what you're going to say is you're going to say the shackles that us managers kind of put on it, and I don't think that's necessarily the case. I get it. Reports seem tedious. They're stupid. I get it. It's a binder clip full of paper about information that you've compiled and you already know. And I get it, it seems stupid. It's moronic in your eyes. But for me as a manager, when I'm not just overseeing one person, maybe 50 people, 50 different projects, everything like that. Like in construction, from my aspect, we have 30, 40 different projects running simultaneously. So reports help me kind of understand where we're, where we're sitting at every project currently at that time. And I kind of, you can translate that into sales where a sales manager is overseeing the entire sales division of it. And understanding what areas they're not exact people, but like which area is lacking in sales and what they need to do to kind of better that. So while you might be like a little bit, this is bullshit. And yeah, because you're crushing your sales number. You really are. But there might be the six, seven other people on your team that aren't that your manager actually has to micromanage and oversee their shoulder. Yeah, so I view micro and macro a little bit different. So micro to me is when you're like, when you're in inside sales, you got some guy breathing down your neck in an office, you're asking him to take a piss when you go to lunch or, or anything. Or outside sales when you got a boss that wants to ride with you all the time, up your ass all the time, wants to be in on every meeting, calls you all the time, hey, how's your pipeline looking? We've all had that <laughs> conversation. It's annoying as shit. So I understand like the, the grand overview and why you need it, but the... Uh, the micro kind of breathing down, not really bringing anything to the table, not adding anything to the conversation, um, just kind of really just being a pain in your ass and dragging you down. That's what I don't agree with. <clears throat> so I kind of agree with that macro overview of the whole business and it what reports make it better. But, but don't the, you kind of think that maybe like, not to interject, but like everybody wants to be a macro and they want to, they wish they could manage everybody in that macro thing and not be breathing down their shoulders. But you get people that you leave, I'll give them a lot of leash. And you get, hey, run free. I trust you. Let's go with this. But then they start failing. They're not hitting quotas and everything else like that. And then you have to micromanage them because you give them too much leash. And they take, take, take. And then it's just not reciprocated. And they're not doing a good job of that. And then you have to step it up and manage them even more so that you're not the one failing going, shit, I didn't hit my numbers for my entire region for my sales team because of a few bad eggs. Yeah, I mean, I get that. You'll have uh, you you have your people that are are really good, your studs. You got your people that are not so great, and your people somewhere in the middle. Of course, you're not gonna have all that talent, but we can't have. You're so you're telling me that not everybody's lucky enough to have ten Ken Millers on their roster every single day. Hey, that's what I'm trying to say without tooting my own horn too hard. <laughs> it's okay when but, you say you want salesman of the year for a company that does 
let's be honest, a fuck ton of sales, you're, you're allowed to toot your own horn a little bit. Yeah, it's going good so far. Um, but I think if you have your rock stars at the top, you can take those guys and utilize those guys, right? Because the, the people at the bottom are going to respond better to the guys that are already doing the same job. They're going to be more honest with them, respond better to them. So you can kind of utilize those guys to, to manage them a little bit, and you can give them, you know, quote-unquote stretch assignments to, to talk to those people and basically manage them, walk through their problems, you know, call them every Monday, the people that are, are, are really – uh, not helping the business and try to figure out how to get them better while you also interject and try to make them better yourself. But I don't think you need to be breathing down their neck, throwing extra reports on to try to really figure out and dive into what they're doing because that's just going to shut them down further. That's my opinion. So you think it's everybody like regardless, even your shittiest salesperson, you should just give them a leash to do whatever the fuck they want. No, that's all I'm saying. I'm saying if you have, you, but kind of, cause you're going like, Hey, you shouldn't macro. You should macro everybody and because it inhibits anybody's ability to sell sell when you micro them but what happens if somebody sucks what are you yeah, supposed to do you can definitely give them enough rope to hang themselves which that might be what you need to do to figure out who really sucks but what i'm saying is those top guys if you utilize them the correct way they can get the actual honest opinion and honest conversation from those bottom guys and they can pretty directly tell them what to do or they can give success examples so for sales, I'm in sales. If, I, if you have your top sales guy, he can call the bottom sales guy on the team and give him success stories on what's working, and they can utilize that in their own territory where our management off, might not be able to do that. Or they could just listen to our podcast going forward, and then they could just right. find great sales pitches that they can use going forward. And, you know, I, I agree with Ken, and he's talking about – and he has the luxury of being a top-end salesman. He's killing it. I will be the first one to give him all the accolades. He has done great. He's done great with his life. And knowing him for 10 years, it's kind of comical because I would have never pegged him to do that. But the dude has turned around and he's kicking ass. He has the luxury, though, of talking about the high-end stuff and not just the lows. And my end of it is I see people who I wish I could manage 10 of you. I really fucking do. But I don't get that luxury. I can't be like, hey, I know you're going to go there. You're going to bust your ass. You know what you're doing. You're going to do your job. So I'm going to sit here and go, all right. I see the, and that's where I'm like the reports and I know they suck and everything like that, but I need a guy like you to do them because I have to have a guy like a smaller guy doing them just to like compare the two. So I wish I could have 10 of you, but I don't, I have to look at those smaller guys and really micro them. So that gets back to like my whole point at the beginning of this, where the micro versus macro thing kind of varies on your team that you're kind of managing. It's kind of varies where if you have a group of all stars, yeah, it's fucking great because you can sit back not have to worry about it and like ken said i can go cut out at two o'clock go uh work on my short game at the country club and you know hit on some cougars that would be great but unfortunately we don't so i think that it the micro versus macro thing both have their benefits but i think it also varies on along with who your employees are yeah so i'll i'll give my piece there <laughs> which i'm sure you're gonna disagree with this <laughs> So I no, I agree to a point. So I'll throw it back in your court. How do you how do you get people to work for you? How do you get people to run through a wall for you? So I I've worked for I've worked for two companies before this. I have worked for a bunch of managers. So you have managers where you would run through a wall for and you have managers that you can't stand. So how do you how do you make that employee want to run through a wall for you and how do you make that employee want to work for you, work hard for you and and get the best out of them? Cause Obviously, you have your, like I said before, top guys, middle guys, bottom guys. So your middle guys and bottom guys, 
they may never be one of your top guys. So how do you take those guys and get a few extra percentage points of talent out of them because they want to work for you and they want to get better? How do you drive that? So I haven't had, I don't know if it'd be a luxury, but my entire life I've been working for the same company, family-owned company, basically born and bred in the office that I'm in. So I haven't had a lot of different managers. But what I did have is my first years out of high school, I was thrown into the field carrying heavy shit from point A to point B because shout out to my dad, but he said, if you want to learn this business, son, you got to learn it from the ground up. And he threw me out there. So I did get the privilege of working with a few of our supervisors and some of them would, you'd really, really, really connect with and you'd really want to work hard for them. And some of them you wouldn't. And a lot of the guys that I thought would, or I would actually work really hard for were guys that I kind of trusted and guys that I thought had my back. And guys that I thought would also lead by example. You know what I mean? I mean, if your sales manager was like sitting behind a desk, not doing anything, are you going to work as hard for him as possible? Or if you see a guy that's out there doing everything he can to bust his ass to help you out and everything, you're going to work harder for that. And that's how I was whenever I was out in the field and those different managers. So how do you build that trust? Honesty? Probably getting to know somebody, right? I mean, once you say that trust is developed with friendship and or just getting to know somebody in overall time yeah so how do you how do you gain that trust and how do you gain that friendship like time? we talk time and i think getting to know somebody and being honest with them and having conversations with them and actually getting to know somebody if you have somebody where you're just seeing them from nine to five every single day you don't know who their family is you don't know what their hobbies are you don't want anything like that you don't have trust you just see them every single day and this is as a peer standpoint, not a management standpoint. Yeah. It's kind of it's like a peers. You're not going to really trust them. You're like, I know this dude and everything. But when you connect with somebody and you get to know them, like, wow, we have. So how, you, do you, you, how do you start that connection? I was just going to say, and Ken leave me perfect, common ground. I think common ground leads to a lot of trust and connection. Now, hey, I could be completely off base, but my opinion is if you trust somebody, you're a lot – would you agree that you're a lot more likely to work hard for them if you actually trust that human being? So like Ken's saying, if you want to develop trust, a great avenue to go down is common ground, right? Yeah, so that's definitely where I was trying, trying to lead the podcast. Um, for salespeople out there, I'm sure we all know, you, you find common ground by power questions, a little bit of Johari's window, and a little bit of brevity. So we'll cover that in other podcasts. But basically with power questions, it, it's open-ended questions that you're really trying to get the person to dive in and give you some feedback. You, you know, we all know you don't want to talk too much. You want to sit there and listen. So if you go into, I don't know, I sold a lot of hardware stores or sporting goods stores, anything like that. So you walk in, you see a picture, see the picture on the wall, and you're like, you know, this is a black and white picture. It looks like from the 1904. She so say, hey, that's a really cool picture. Is that this store? Yeah, the owner. Yeah, that's this store. Oh, that's crazy. Has it been in the same family the whole time? Yeah, it's been in my family. Oh, yeah, how did you guys survive so long? And then you just start asking more and more questions, and eventually they're going to open up and say, we sell quality products. And if you're selling a quality product, there's a softball for you. Or we build on selling price point value sales. So if you're selling a lower price point product where you're trying to cut out your competitor because you sell it less, there you go. There's your softball. So it's all about finding common ground asking those power questions. And like I said, a little bit of Johari's window. So Johari's window is picture of window pane with four panels. There's public you up top, public Adam will say. Private Adam, private Ken. So I'll give a little piece of myself. I'll say I have an eight-month-old son. 
say Adam has a kid. Adam will say, I have a one-year-old son. And then you guys start talking about your kids. And then before you know it, you're building a rapport. By the way, if I had a one-year-old son, that would be news to me right now. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't be that shocked. Probably, yeah, neither would I. He's probably out there somewhere. But uh, whether it's Big daddy showing up on my doorstep. (laughs) Exactly. Whether you hunt, you fish, you barbecue, you golf, whatever it may be, there's common ground somewhere you can find with anybody. And you use that, you find that by power questions, Jahari's window, a little bit of brevity. Just ask a few questions, shut the fuck up, listen, take those answers, ask a few more questions, and keep digging deeper and dip deeper in. But you actually give a fuck about the person, though. You can't just be sitting there like a robot going, let me reiterate these same questions to every single person. And not actually worried about them because, I mean, you could sit there and go, hey, I'm going to ask this question, this question, this question, this question just to pose them so this guy opens up. But you have to actually care a little bit and you have to want to actually get to know this person because if you have that emotional connection, like you say, and then that guy's more likely to trust you. I yeah, want to buy from you. I'd say you got to practice a little bit of genuine curiosity there. I would agree. Curiosity is If, if you're in management, you want to get to know that person because they're making money. If you're in sales, you want to get to know that customer because if that customer customer selling shit, you're making money too. Dude, that's spot on. Like I do that all the time where I try to know – we have guys in our office, other – you know, just coworkers in my office. But we also have guys in our field that run our jobs for them. And, and I genuinely take an interest in them, not just because I actually care about them because they work for me and – I view our company as a family, and I want to get to know them, but also because everybody's different, and you kind of kind of know what makes them tick. And just like you're saying you need to talk to uh, everybody and pose all these questions, you also need to be genuinely interested and curious because everybody's a different person, and you can't keep, you can't treat person A just like you would treat person B. And everybody gets motivated, pushed a different way. So that's what you have to get to know the people you're dealing with and actually be genuinely interested. And I do that every single time where the people I'm managing, I don't have, I wouldn't say a luxury because I would be, uh, it would be fucking miserable if I had to manage the same people all day, every day. At night, it's nice that people have different personalities and different things and different things that make them tick because it makes it more enjoyable, at least on my end, that I'm not taking, talking to the same employee number, dot, 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 dot. For each individual people with different backgrounds and different character traits and everything, but it makes it better. It's easier to manage them when you know what kind of person they are. So you're trying to actually get to know them so you can manage them better. Yeah, I'd say in, in management and sales, you have to have, you have to almost be a chameleon. So you have uh, different personalities. So you have a D and I, a C and an S. You have your dominant, um, your influence, your uh, compliance, and steady. So you have your guys that are like type D, type A guys that are trying to get stuff done. It's boom, boom, boom. I'm here. I'm here. This is what I'm going to do. This is the goal. This is how I'm going to get done. you got the influencer who's going to talk a lot, be super friendly. Unfortunately, that guy might not ask for the sale because he's too friendly. So you'd like a high DI in sales. And then uh, like a CS is compliance and steadiness. So that's exactly how it sounds. you got a guy that is compliance. He loves to be analytical and study numbers. you got a guy that's S. He's pretty steady. He's pretty analytical, and usually the type A guys don't get along with the bottom guys, vice versa. But you can chameleon, be a chameleon and slow yourself down and shut up and listen, especially if you're a high I and you talk too much. You can shut up, listen, and, and build good relationships with those guys. I have a great customer that's a CS, complete opposite of me. I'm a very high D and high I, and we're complete opposites. So it's painful sometimes talking to him 
during a meeting especially because he's sitting back and analyzing everything I say. And you want to talk. The, the natural thing is try to feel, feel that. I mean, let's be uh, honest. We're all narcissistic. Yeah. Everybody wants to talk about themselves at all times. And you want to feel that, feel that awkward silence. But you just sit there and, and just embrace the awkward silence and just let him think through it and talk. And you'll find you'll start building relationships with some of those buyers that are obviously uh, CNNS because that you know they're buyers, they're analytical, and they like to study spreadsheets. So if you just stop talking, listen, and sit back and try to mimic that a little bit, you'll do that. And that's not only in sales, that's not only in management, that's in, in your everyday life. If you are a computer coder and you want to move up, you know it's all about who you know and who likes you. So build those relationships by power questions, Jahari's window, mimic, mimicking that DICS personality and just kind of get in there and and make friends and make relationships. Yeah, dude, I completely agree about it being chameleon. I really do. I actually, it was hilarious. I had this conversation with a company that we buy some of our scaffolding material with today. And I don't know about you, but I'm sure that you don't try to go in and sell the same way to every single one of your customers, right? Absolutely not. You're trying to change. And I was having this conversation with a sales rep that I know from one of the scaffolding companies. And one of the companies that they sell, I guess, one of the manufacturers that they rep, that they push the product, the guy that works for the company that they sell, that this higher up company, he has, the guy that's the main boss, everything like that, in charge of it all, has one way of selling. He's always the same person, no matter who he is. Yeah. And this, this gentleman and I, who's in the smaller company that we were having the sales talk, him and I were having this bullshit conversation just going back and forth. I'm like, I can't stand it. Because I've known the guy for, I don't know, three, four years, whatever. And he's always on. He's fucking always on. I don't care what he's talking about. If he's asking you, hey, Adam, how was your golf game today? I know in the back of his mind, he's he going to give a fuck. He doesn't give a fuck. He's going, how can I take something you say and turn it into a sale? Yeah, so that those are the salespeople that I cannot stand. Yeah. We you all see them coming <laughs> a mile away. They make us all look bad. All the people that are in sales, they make us all look bad. People hate talking to them. You can see it when they walk up. The buyer's standoffish, arms crossed, just can't deal with it. But they got a good product, or they have the best value product. So you have to talk to them. You have no choice. But they don't want to talk to them. Yeah, dude. I, I, the guys, I know exactly the guy you're The guy's about. a sales rep, and he has a commodity product. He has something that's on the market that's the best. So I'm going to buy it from it regardless of regardless of who he is now granted i like the dude he likes hunting he likes fishing we have some common interests and in all that stuff so if you guys hear a brief edit throughout that it's because ken had to restock our bourbon because as i said this is our first podcast and we're obviously not professionals yeah poor adam i had to pour him another glass of a hundred dollar bourbon poor adam and it has ice in it too and there's a beer there too so we poor are adam we are properly uh replenished for the remainder of this podcast. So what Ken and I were talking about was kind of how I hate the salesmen that are just the same type throughout the entire thing. I hate them too. <laughs> Me on. or the sales rep? No, the sales, those, those salesy sales guys, the old, old car sales guys. But go yeah, on. Yeah. Anyways, so like I was saying, that I buy from this one guy that is a – not buy from him. He is a higher up. The commodity for, guy. Yeah, the commodity guy. He's just the fucking same thing, and I buy from him because he has a commodity, but that's not – he's just always on and always on. And I talked to the guy that I actually write the POs to, and him and I had the conversation. I'm like, I don't like that. He's like, yo, 
I hate that, and that's not me whatsoever. And the reason I give a lot of this guy the business that I buy directly from that I write the purchase orders to that sells the commodity guy's item is because I trust the guy. And he did what I did for a very long time, so I know he's not bullshitting with me. And he's kind of like a salt of the earth kind of dude where he's he's not trying to be like, yo, I need to make a lot of money for whatever reason. He's like, I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah. So like, let me chime in. Um, so I was going to ask you. So if it's a commodity guy, why the fuck do you buy from him? And you trust him, right? Because you know your audience. So Harry, Adam, I'll you call, get, I'll call him Harris, from Harris a lot. Yeah, it's Harris. It's his last name. So uh, Harris is in a uh, blue-collar industry, obviously. You know, he's in a bricklayer masonry industry. So he does not like to be bullshitted. A lot of people in the industry do not. And the guy is completely honest. It does a bullshit, and that's why he fucking likes him. Because at the same time he hates him, he knows he's going to get the truth from the guy. So know your audience and figure that shit out fucking quick. Because he's like a, a snake oil salesman, a used car oil. Dude, that's and, and that's exactly the analogy that I wrong. had with the guy. Like I said, there's a guy that I'm buying from, the guy that's pushing the commodity item that I know that has a commodity. So the guy that I write the thing, him and I were bullshitting, and I told him, I go, it's like you and I showing up at a car lot. I know what kind of vehicle I want. I know what I want for the price for and everything like that. And I don't want you to tell me, well, hey, this thing has power seats and all this other stuff like that. Yeah, no shit. I know what it has. But I know what I want. Give me a good price on it. And we'll go out our way. Right? I mean, that's that's the kind of, at least in my experience, that's the kind of salesman I want is somebody that's to be honest so, with you and not give you the fluff. Yeah, so I, I always say be as honest as quick as possible. So if you have a problem, a solution... Any terrible conversation you have, be as honest as you possibly can. Run towards conflict. Get it over with. <laughs> as I mean, much as Nobody it wants to do sucks. it. It sucks. Nobody wants to do it. I mean, because both of you, both and I, we both deal with anxiety yeah, probably at least a little bit. And just run through it. I mean, run to it, run through it. So, again, my question would be, so you have a guy that's selling a commodity. He somehow must have built trust because, yeah, he's not going to bullshit you. You go find 15 other guys that aren't going to bullshit you. Here's Eventually, the problem. Once you I, the I get, like, I get it, that? and I wish I could buy the product he has, and there's eight other people that are selling it, if that's what you're kind of getting at. But unfortunately, I'm I can't. figure out why are you buying from him because you're – Because he's you, the 20? only one that I could buy from in this area, and there's pretty much – Okay, so it's not there's just a commodity market. then. It's not, a, it's not just a commodity then. It is a commodity because it's something that I really need that he has, so I have to buy from him. But if you have to buy it from them, it's not a commodity. Then what would it? What is it? If you have to buy it, but you can't get it anywhere else, yeah, then it's not a commodity. A commodity would be like uh, there's five different glues out there, and these five guys carry glue, and they're all two doors down, and they're all from the same place, same price, same product. That's a commodity. He doesn't have a commodity. He has a product you need, and nobody else is around to sell it to you. Correct. Correct. You're right. Yeah. So where else would you fucking get it? You're right. The guy it? holds the market. That's it's almost a, a monopoly. Yeah. Almost a monopoly. And the guy. That's and you're right. And that's why the guy can sell. And that's why you're fucking buying from him. It's not the trust he built. He's still a shitty salesman. It's yeah. Because you have no fucking. Yeah. If choice. the guy was trying to sell Tupperware door to door, he would not get a single sale because nobody would want to buy from him. He yeah. fell into the lucky position where yeah. he's selling a product that nobody in else can buy it from anybody else but him and he's basically handed sales orders and everything else like that right but i'm saying absolutely is, what i was referring back to is regardless if i have to buy from him, i'm just saying people like that that i hate 
Like, I don't want somebody coming. Like you said, a snake oil, snake oil salesman. I don't want somebody coming in here and be like, I'm going to give you all this fluff and all this bullshit like this and always trying to weasel and away. And that's in why there. I was trying to dive into why are you buying from him? Because I knew there had to be a reason. And there is a reason. It's because I need this nowhere thing. Else you can I need get this it. product. I can only get it from him. Yeah. Therefore, the only way to get to it from A to B is through him. Yeah, because a shitty salesman is going to win that in a commodity because there's 17 other guys that take his place. So that's what I was trying to get to. So if you're in a commodity type area, which I'm sure you, I'm sure you have guys that are actually a commodity, like you buy brick, you buy mortar. I don't know what the fuck. I'm obviously a white collar guy. I don't work my fucking hands. <laughs> I'm assuming I built him a deck and then he sold a house. A hundred so fucking uh, <laughs> different things you can buy, right? In your mm-hmm. industry. So give me, give me your top relationship. With your top guy, but it has to be you can buy the same thing from fifteen other guys out there from the same location. That's a commodity. All right, so and here, I want to know how that guy wins. That. All right, I I want to, So here's the thing that I I have a problem with is the things that we buy are specialized products with different manufacturers. Obviously, there's only like for instance, like you said, brick. There's only in this area seven eight manufacturers of brick, and there's companies that distribute that brick, okay. and each company. Has there's only like that company, let's say whatever company it is, only one distributor can cover that area, that entire yeah. area, right? So, a lot of the, the thing is though, is that so that's the problem is we have is I have to buy from certain people and everything like that. But I will tell you, there is a couple products that we buy that are universal that you can buy anywhere, right? The one people, I guess one person that I buy from that can sell anything compared to his competitors is a dude that here's the thing, here's what I love about the guy. And I'm not going to try to put any fancy words or right, any... Let me stop you there. We're sidetracking. I need a guy that there's 15 fucking competitors you could buy from. And I need to know, why do you buy from that guy? So if there's... Okay, I'll give you an example right now. You know why? Yeah. And this is a single reason. I buy from this dude. No bullshit, no anything, no like, oh, hey, you know, I can use fancy terms for whatever you want to use, some sales tactic... Yeah, Dude picks up his fucking phone and calls me and bullshits randomly all the time. No, no, I'm saying two separate things. He'll pick up his phone. If I text him, call him and go, hey, I need this, this, and this. Picks up his phone within five minutes, takes care of the thing. Secondly, a guy will call me randomly and be like, hey, what's going on? Hey, I heard you and your girlfriend, you know what I mean, last time. How's your girlfriend doing? Who's everything else like that? Like you said, dude's taking genuine interest in what I'm doing. And I feel like somebody like that is actually like, wow, I'm not just a customer blank 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 he's like oh i'm getting to know adam i'm getting to know adam about hill his living situation his significant other oh shit i heard your dog just got hit by a car whatever so let me interject there so you'll have people that want shit like that and people that don't so obviously again like we spoke about earlier know your audience because there's gonna be a lot of people that don't want those extra calls i'm one of them i'm a high d and a high i so you would think i like to talk and you think i like sales reps because i'm sales I fucking hate sales reps. I just don't like to deal with the fucking... I hate small talk. I'm the first guy that will walk into a store, not see what I want, and walk out of the store, not even ask a question, go to the next store. That's pretty true. So, I've never even heard you say to me, oh, hey, Adam, know. how was your day? Yeah, you get right I, I to the point. I get right to the point. I, fucking, <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I do it all day. I hate it. You said, know your audience and pick up, pick up your phone when a customer calls. I'm not saying answer your phone on a Saturday or a Sunday when you're with your 
wife, kid, boyfriend, girlfriend. Don't get married. Cousin. Bad decisions. <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying any of that. <laughs> I'm saying pick up your phone, like, during work hours when there's a problem, and don't be scared when you know there's, like, we've all had customers, right? Well, we knew there was a problem coming. We see the number come across the phone. We're like, oh, shit, I don't want to answer that. Answer the phone, run towards conflict, make the conflict go away, figure out a solution, and that's how you build trust. And every single time you do that, that customer is going to rely on you more and more. You don't have to be that guy that's calling Adam all the time to, to be friends. You don't have to be friends. You have to be a great business partner, a consultant that Adam knows when he calls, you're going to solve his problem. You, you want to almost know the question Adam's going to ask before you, before you ask it. Dude, you want to know the answer. spot on. I love salespeople that aren't salespeople. I want salespeople that call occasionally just be like, hey, what's going on? Everything like that. But I hate the people that call once a day going, hey, what do I need to do to get your work? What do I need to do to get the work? I don't, I don't want that type what kind of, of person. Let me just <laughs> do that. Just infuriates me. Calling what customers kind of daily. What fucking horrible question is, what can I do to get your work? What you should have asked okay, so many I, people. Right, first no, off, no, no, no. I'm not my, saying somebody's actually. I was prefacing dude, this. <laughs> I was about to kill that sales rep. There is no way you sit in a fucking meeting, and you leave that meeting saying, "What can I do to get your work, dude?" Fuck that. You should ask so many questions leading up to that. You should know their needs. You should know their wants. You should know their problems. You should know the answer to that question before you leave that meeting. And if you don't, that shit's on you and you don't deserve the sale. Yeah, so like Ken said, yeah, you obviously don't want to be the sales rep that just calls up every single day and is like, what can I do to earn your business? But the guys that call on me, the reason I don't mind when they call on me is because that person and I have the same personalities. We kind of get along, hit it off, and all these other things like that. It's probably because we also have, what, similar personality traits. But it's also what, we probably have what, similar common ground, a lot of it. So while this might seem like to be a complete tailspin in this conversation and how we're going to wrap this all up, I think how this all stems together is when you're doing micro versus macro, which you might come to the end of this podcast and be like, how did we get to this point? It all kind of depends on the people you're dealing with, right, Ken? Yeah, it all depends on personality traits like we touched on before, the DICS. It all depends. So if, if Harris likes that guy calling calling him all the time, it's probably because they're both – I know Adam very well. It's probably because he's a high eye. Can you still call a, me Adam? We, need to, we just need to resort back to Harris because it feels so fucking weird. So yeah, I've been calling him Harris since we were like 12. <laughs> so it probably just relates back to them being both high eyes. And if a, like if a D was calling Harris and being like, yo, uh, so we need to do X, Y, and Z, he'd probably be like, fuck you. They both like to talk, so that's probably why they get along. The we're long. I didn't interrupt. Go ahead. No, 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 dude. You're entirely right. And what we're trying to tie this all back to is, and what we kind of this at the first what five minutes of this podcast turned into is micro versus macro, are both very good management tools, but they have to be implemented in the correct way, and the way to implement them correctly or know which way to implement them is knowing what kind of employees and or sales reps you're dealing with, right? Exactly. So while we're turning this, that's how we're trying to tie this all together. And while this might seem like a complete shit show right now, we're trying to give you advice and we might go on tangents about different topics. Basically, we want to give you a 10,000 foot view and through the podcast, we'll take notes on what we're fucking rambling about. (laughs) 
and we'll, we'll try to give you the best we can. And then after this podcast, which this will be the most like rambling podcast, the first one, we'll figure out kind of keys we want to touch on, and we'll go in deeper, like power questions, Jahari's window, brevity. We'll go deeper in on that shit. We'll go deeper in on why people buy, why people are close with some sales reps, are close with other sales reps, why they're not close with some sales reps, why they hate them. We'll also go with why they hate some people that work for them, why they like some people that work for them, why they trust these people, why they don't trust these people, and why they can let them go do their job and not fucking call them. Because I'm sure there's plenty of you out there that are like, I never talk to my boss, but that same boss is probably calling another guy a 100 times a day. So we'll go into kind of what makes those people tick and what makes that relationship work. Yeah, we're going to try to make this a real-life thing. Because how often do you get to spend... 40 minutes, half hour a day dealing with the same issue. I know, I know I never get to. My day is, I'm like, I'm going to implement this plan today. And then it all goes to fire. And it's kind of how we're going to do this podcast is him and I are going to try to, we're going to try to get a point of what we're trying to get across. But then there's a lot of things that sum up. It's business, it's management. And nothing's ever point blank where things are easy. But we're going to try to give you our opinion on things. And if we go on a little tangents, because that's just life and shit goes that way sometimes. So while it might not be clear cut and exactly perfect and on topic all the time, we're going to be real with you. And we're going to give you real life examples of things that happen between him and I. And we're going to try to give you the honest opinion of how him and I what succeed and also fuck up significantly. And I can tell you in future podcasts that at least on my end, I'm going to give you some real life examples of how I fucked up at least recently a lot in Try to help you guys so you guys don't make those same mistakes or at least you can look for those, you know, what, potholes on the, you know, along the road. Yeah, that's exactly right. I'll try to take Wait, did some... you just say something was right? Yeah, it might be a first and a last. <laughs> but I'll try to do the same thing and we'll try to give some real life experiences. I'm sure I'll talk a lot about what pisses me off in sales and I'm sure you guys will all agree. But uh, I don't know. We're signing off. It's been fun. It's been real. Hopefully people listen to the next one and hopefully we'll have a lot more. You got anything to add? No, so I am Adam Harris. He is, oh, soon to be infamous Ken Miller. And this has been your first edition of Beers, Bourbon, Business, and Broskies. And I promise you, we're going to kick ass and you're going to get a second episode and you're going to want to continue listening. So for that, enjoy your evening or day or whatever. Enjoy your road trip. And we'll talk to you guys later.